Hello, and welcome to Just Therapist Things, where we talk all things therapy. My name is Jordan, and I am an associate marriage and family therapist from Southern California. I currently work in a private practice where we focus on child anxiety reduction, and I also do some work for a nonprofit cancer support organization. Hello, everyone. Glad to have you here. I am currently studying for the California MFT licensure exam, and I thought it may be helpful to record some study materials to help others that are studying. I purchased my study materials from Jerry Grossman, and it has been great. I appreciate how they provide physical textbooks and flashcards and also virtual study groups and practice tests. I hope this episode helps you on your journey to become a licensed marriage and family therapist in California. First, I am going to discuss some logistics about the California MFT exam. So the exam has 170 questions and you have four hours to complete it. The exam will be taken on a computer in an authorized testing center. There is a different variety in the questions, such as short sentences, questions, and vignettes. Each question has four possible answers, and it is up to you to decide which is the most correct. You have the ability during the test to flag a question and return back to it. Depending on the rules of the testing center, you may be allowed a certain amount of breaks during the test, and it is super important to take advantage of those breaks to use the restroom, get water, get a snack if needed. Good luck. We got this. Today, I will be discussing privilege and exceptions to privilege. Privilege is something that is discussed on the first day of grad school and consistently through the career of being a therapist. This is because it is extremely important. Privilege is a legal right of a client. If there are any questions on the exam pertaining to privilege, know that this question most likely pertains to the law rather than the ethics. Having privilege means that the client has a legal right to not have confidential information exposed during any legal proceedings. Psychotherapist and client privilege applies to associates, interns, and professional corporations. Privilege is different than confidentiality because privilege directly refers to disclosure in a legal setting, while confidentiality refers to any disclosure. Confidentiality is a legal and ethical matter, while privilege is just legal. Breaking privilege is always breaking confidentiality, but breaking confidentiality is not always breaking privilege. So who holds privilege? California Evidence Code Section 1013 says that the patient, regardless of age, holds privilege when there is absence of a conservator. A conservator or guardian ad litem holds privilege when there is one, or a representative does if the patient is deceased. A guardian ad litem is a person who is appointed by the court to uphold the rights of the client. It is also important to note that if there are multiple members of a treatment unit, all of those members hold privilege. A therapist cannot guarantee privilege, but can assert privilege. 
Others who can assert privilege are the patient themselves or the person who holds privilege. Therapists need to assert privilege for all clients, even those who are incarcerated on probation or on parole. Privilege for a minor is complicated, and there may be a legally designated guardian ad litem or conservator for the minor. The guardian ad litem is different from a parent who is a legal guardian just because they are the parent. A guardian ad litem is represented by an attorney or can be an attorney and has access to the child's treatment records. Just because a parent is a parent does not mean that they may exercise privilege on behalf of their child. The parent must be a designated guardian ad litem by the court in order to assert privilege. Clients also have the right to waive privilege. A client can always waive his or her privilege. Some reasons why the client may waive their privilege is if they request that the therapist speaks on their mental state in court or they believe the therapist's testimony would help a custody case or something like that. I will get more into the specifics in a moment. If possible, it is important to get in writing and verbally documentation that the client is waiving privilege. Other cases where privilege can be waived is in the case of a conservator or guardian ad litem, if a judge waives privilege, or if the representative for a deceased client waives privilege. So what is the role of the therapist in these situations? If a client requests records for court or any reason, you must comply. Therapists are not required to send the complete records with process notes, progress notes, and all that, but we are at least required to send a treatment summary. A therapist can legally withhold client records from the client only if the therapist perceives there may be a danger to the client if the records are released. This must be documented and made aware to the parties in which the client is requesting the records be sent, for example, a physician or a psychiatrist. If an attorney requests records, therapists have a legal obligation to assert privilege and decline the request. A therapist must receive a release of information in order to speak with an attorney. If a therapist receives a subpoena for client records requested by an attorney or a judge, the therapist must first assert client psychotherapist privilege. A subpoena is a request to produce written or oral testimony or appear in court. If the therapist has clarifying questions for the attorney or has to relay the client's decision to assert or waive privilege, there must be a release of information. It is recommended to speak to your client if you receive a subpoena, request for records, or communication from an attorney. The client then makes the decision whether they would like to assert privilege or waive privilege. Either decision should be documented fully and there should be a signed document ready with the client's decision. If a client decides to assert privilege, the therapist must comply with the client's decision. The court can then choose to issue a court order or not. If a client decides to waive privilege in response to a subpoena, the client must sign a waiver of privilege to have the decision on record. 
The therapist then needs to disclose whatever is requested by the court or by the subpoena. When a therapist is issued a court order, asserting privilege is not an option and you must comply with the court's requests. It is recommended to let your client know that you have received a court order unless it is forbidden by the court or if it can cause damage to your client. So to summarize, if you are issued a subpoena, you are required to assert privilege. If you receive a court order to either release documents or appear in court, you cannot assert privilege and you must comply with the court's requests. And always obtain a release of information from the client if you can. Now let's talk about exceptions to privilege. Exceptions to privilege are outlined by California Evidence Code sections. Only a judge can decide if one of these exceptions apply. If a therapist receives a subpoena and you believe that there may be an exception to privilege, you must first assert privilege. You do not determine if an exception applies. Here are some of the reasons that a judge may find an exception to privilege. First is Evidence Code Section 1016, which says that if a client has introduced his or her emotional condition into the legal proceeding, privilege is waived here because the client has made their emotional state part of the legal process. Similarly, in Evidence Code 1025, if a client brings up their competency in a legal proceeding or the purpose of the legal proceeding is to establish competency, privilege is waived. And Evidence Code 1023 is if a court proceeding is to determine sanity. So pretty similar, but privilege is an exception in all of these cases. Evidence Code 1017 says that privilege can be waived if the therapist has been appointed by the court to examine a client. An example of this is like in Law and Order or in the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial when a therapist or psychologist is appointed to conduct an examination of a client and their findings are used in court. Evidence Code 1018 says that there is an exception to privilege if the client sought therapy to commit a crime or escape from punishment, or if the client is under age 16 and has been the victim of a crime, Evidence Code 1027 says that privilege is waived in this case. Further, if a client is dangerous to themselves or others, there is no privilege as outlined by Evidence Code 1024, especially if the therapist needs to take action to prevent the threat. If a client has treated confidential or privileged information as though it were not confidential, Evidence Code 1012 says that privilege is waived. If there is a breach of duty, such as the therapist suing the client or the client suing the therapist, there is an exception to privilege through Evidence Code 1020. Lastly, if a coroner requests information due to deaths involving a multitude of public health concerns, or if it is authorized by the deceased client's representative, then privilege is waived. 
All of these laws vary state by state, so it is important to discuss with your state board or liability insurance's legal team. So these are all reasons that a judge may find an exception to privilege. And again, a therapist cannot determine exceptions to privilege, only a judge can. If a therapist receives a search warrant, it is usually either because the therapist is a suspect of criminal activity or the client is. If the therapist is the subject, the request for records must be fulfilled. If the client is the suspect, the therapist can request that the records be kept in a sealed container and that there is documentation of the therapist's efforts to maintain confidentiality. A therapist can be a witness in court and usually takes the form of either a percipient witness or an expert witness. A percipient witness does not provide opinions about the treatment or the patient, but rather testifies to the facts of treatment. A percipient witness is not usually compensated. An expert witness provides opinion evidence, and the opinion always must be based on the therapist's specialized education, training, and knowledge. An expert witness can provide testimony about diagnosis, prognosis, or treatment decisions. An expert witness is usually reimbursed for their efforts by the party who is requesting the testimony. Remember to never give legal, medical, or any other advice that is out of your scope of practice. This was just a brief overview of privilege, and I know it is confusing. There is so much that goes into privilege, especially with very specific and complicated situations. If you find yourself in a court situation, Always consult with your legal team and, when in doubt, assert client therapist privilege. I really appreciate Jerry Grossman's study materials, especially with complicated concepts such as this. In the textbook, there is even a really cool flowchart and quizzes to make sure you have a solid understanding on privilege. Thanks for listening to Just Therapist Things, and I hope this episode helps you and me study for and pass the California MFT licensure exam. Follow and subscribe for more episodes in this study series. Talk to you soon.